The word for our time. The word for our time. The word for our time. Welcome to the Word for Our Time podcast. In this podcast, we aim to have deep Bible studies where we can bring insights that can help us in our day-to-day life today. The last time we were together, we studied on the topic, the lie we all believe. We started by acknowledging that we must have a relationship with Christ in order to be saved. But it's the Bible that reveals to us who Jesus Christ is. From Genesis to Revelation, the entire Bible is a letter to humanity to tell us who God is. To tell us what He has done for us, what He is doing, and what He will do. That being said, we spoke about how we struggle. We struggle to submit to the Word of God, or to even have a desire to read and understand it. And this is due to the lie that we all believe. The lie that was told Eve in the Garden of Eden. The lie that the serpent said when tempting her to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The lie that says that we will be like God, knowing good and evil. This lie causes us to pick and choose what we accept and what we don't in the Word of God and to look within ourselves for the right answers and not to humble ourselves and to look at God. You see, this lie says that we are the ones who decide what's good and evil. We decide for ourselves what we will and will not do with our lives. Now let's look a little further into how this affects us in our relationship with God. This lie of Satan told in Genesis chapter 3, verse 4 to 5, is called spiritualism. A belief in the immortality of the soul, a belief that we are God, that we know what's good and evil, that we can make decisions for our own selves. The belief that the soul is divine, and that if we can somehow just tap into this soul, whether through meditation, whether through contemplative prayer or hypnosis or whatever other way of tapping in our inner self, then we will receive all the answers to life, even if those answers go against what the Bible says. We convince ourselves that Oh, if I look deep within myself and I hear something that may go against what the Bible says, maybe it's a unique message just for me. Maybe everyone else, they have to follow the Bible, but God has a very unique, you know, message or a a unique path and purpose that is just for me, even though it goes against what the Word of God says. Brothers and sisters, this is not the way that God operates. Satan has a goal for spiritualism, and the goal is to put doubt in God's word. That's the first step, is to not have us to believe completely, absolutely in the word of God. The next is to create a salvation by works instead of a salvation by faith. And the third is to eventually invent our own religion. This is the ultimate goal of spiritualism. Starts by uh, causing us to have doubt in the Word of God. 
If you remember, when the serpent spoke to Eve in the Garden of Eden, he said, Did God say? He's questioning the word of God. The serpent, uh, Satan used the same tactic when he was tempting Jesus in the wilderness when he was fasting 40 days, 40 nights. He said, if you are the son of God, then turn these stones into bread. He wants to put just that little bit of doubt, not for you to throw away the Bible and to never read it, but to just have some doubt. Maybe the words of the Bible were changed. When it was changed from Hebrew to Greek to English or to whatever language you read the Bible in, maybe the words aren't the same. Maybe the meaning has been changed. Maybe it's been tampered with. How can I know this is the true word of God? Also, it was written 2,000 years ago. How can it affect my life in our time today? Just to put that doubt in the word of God. The next step is to move into a salvation by works. Well, What is really important for Christians to do and what will help us to be saved is if we feed the hungry, if we, if we find homes for the homeless, if we heal the sick, and if we help those in need, that will bring a salvation. Now, brothers and sisters, God is very clear that he wants us to, as Christians, to do that. Of course, that should be what we do every single day. That should be what we, what we dedicate a large portion of our life to and our money to. However, that will not bring one inch of salvation to your life. Not even a, a, a speck of salvation. We are not saved by works at all. If we are able to save a billion, if we are able to, 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 to provide food for a billion people, to find clothing and shelter, shelter for half the world who need it, that will not bring us any closer to salvation. We are only saved by faith. And eventually, the final step that spiritualism brings is for us to invent our own religion. Now, this happens because we see the standard of God. And when we read the standard of God, we say, it's impossible. It's impossible to live up to this standard. And so, instead of coming to God and saying, God, it's impossible to live up this to the standard, we invent our own standard, a new standard. We say, well, I'm just a sinner. There's nothing that I can do about it. I can't obviously live up to the standard that God puts into the, the word of God. So I'm going to, I'm going to create this own, my own religion, a new version of, I'm going to tweak the religion a little bit and create my own little version. Now, the standard of God in the word is very high. It's extremely high. In fact, there are cer- certain verses that can give you pause. The Bible says, be ye perfect as my God in heaven is perfect. It says, unto him who is able to present you faultless before the throne. These are incredible verses in the word of God. However, what the standard is meant to do is to bring you to the place where you say, I can't do it, God. No matter how hard I work at it, no matter how hard I try, I fail at living up to the standard that you put in front of me. And you bow down to the feet of Jesus and say, God, I cannot do it. And God says, finally, finally, I can work in your life. Finally, you have seen that you need a savior. This is the role. This is what God's been waiting for. God's been waiting for you to say that I can't live up to the standard. And God says, I can take it from here. So in the Bible, 
We have these different stories that help us to help us to understand this idea of spiritualism. This is the idea of this of this lie that we all believe that we are like gods, knowing good and evil, and we can follow our own hearts and follow our own ideas. There's a story of the first king of Israel. His name was Saul. He was a great man, and he was chosen by God Himself. He was anointed by the great prophet Samuel. But in the end, he lost it all. The story of Saul teaches us about spiritualism and teaches us about the lie that we will be like God's knowing good and evil and how that lie affects us as followers of Christ. Let's open up our Bibles and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 9. 1 Samuel chapter 9, and we will start at verse 15. Here we see how Saul was anointed and chosen by God. It says, now the, word, now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear a day before Saul came, saying, Tomorrow, about this time, I will send you a man out of the land of Benjamin, and you will anoint him to be captain over my people of Israel that he will save my people out of the hand of the Philistines. For I have looked upon my people because their cry has come to me. And verse 17, And when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said unto him, Behold, this is the man that I spoke to you of. This man shall reign over my people. So we see here that Saul, the first king of Israel, was appointed by God and was anointed by Samuel to be the first king, the first king of Israel. But Saul had a problem. He had a problem with submitting his will fully to God, to completely trusting God. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 15. 1 Samuel 15, and it will describe for us what were the issue that Saul had. 1 Samuel chapter 15, and let's start at verse 1. It says, Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you to be king over all of his people, over Israel. Now therefore, hearken unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which um, the Amalekites did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when Israel came out of Egypt. Now go and, sm- and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare not. Slay both man and woman, both infant and suckling, both ox and sheep, both camel and donkey. Now these are very clear instructions. God asked Saul to take the army of Israel and to go to Amalek and to destroy all the Amalekites, not to leave anyone living and destroy all the animals as well. Now, we sometimes look at this and say, "Woo, that's a little harsh. But brothers and sisters, this is a type or a symbol of the judgment of God. Later on in another podcast, we'll speak a little bit more about types and symbols and how they work. But this was a very clear instructions. Now let's look and see what Saul actually did. We read about it in verse 9. We're in 1 Samuel chapter 15, going down to verse 9. But Saul 
And the people spared Agag. Agag was the king of the Amalekites. He saw and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep and the best of the ox and the fatlings and the lambs and all that was good and did not utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and refuse that they destroyed. Now, why did he do this? Didn't God give him clear instruction? Now let's go down to verse 15. And Saul said, so, sorry, so just before that verse, what's happening is Samuel is asking, what's going on? Why did you not follow the instruction? Now verse 15. And Saul said, they have brought them from the Amalekites for the people spared the best of the sheep and the best of the ox to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. So we see, just like Adam, if you remember, when Adam was found in sin, he blamed his wife. And now Saul was found in disobedience. And what does he do? He blames the people. He's the king. He's the one who makes the decisions, but he blamed the people. Now this we encounter in our lives as well. You see, sin separates. Sin causes the blame game. And we follow this same issue to today. We blame our parents or we blame our upbringing or we blame our surroundings Or we blame society or our culture for our sins. Well, I have a bad temper because my dad has a bad temper. Well, hey, I'm struggling struggling with this sin of pornography because pornography is all over the internet. It's everywhere. And we blame our surroundings, our society, our parents, our upbringing for our sin. You see, Saul blamed the people. He says the people spared the best sheep to sacrifice to thy God, if you see how he's speaking. But isn't he the king? Doesn't he have the final say? Saul was trying to avoid the truth. The truth was he didn't obey God. And he didn't obey because he thought it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense to kill all these perfectly good sheep and ox. And plus, isn't sacrificing to God a good thing? This is a major learning point for us today. We fall into this trap all the time. Isn't this a good thing for God? We'll say, well, listen, I'm in a job interview. I'm going for a job and I'm going to lie. I'm going to lie during this job interview. But when I get the job, I'll give 10% of my money to tithe to church. And isn't that a good thing? Well, I'm I'm watching ungodly entertainment. I'm watching entertainment that has it's very violent and lots of swearing, a lot of sex, and we know that it's not bringing any glory to God, but it will help me to relate to sinners better. And isn't this a good thing? 
Well, I spend a lot of my time studying in my schoolwork, and you know, I gotta study for my exams, I gotta study for my classes, or 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 maybe I'm working at a at a really challenging job, and I'm very busy with my work and my and my and the things that I do day to day, and I I don't really have a lot of time for Bible study, I don't have really a lot of time for witnessing or for deep prayer, but you know, once I make it, once I'm successful, once I'm rich, I'm gonna give God all the glory. Isn't that a good thing? Saul fell for the lie that we all fall for. Ultimately, he trusted in his own logic. He trusted in his own ideas over the clear instruction of Samuel the prophet. Saul thought he knew better. He wanted to decide what is good, is, what is good and evil for himself. That is the definition of spiritualism. That even if we hear instruction from God, if it doesn't make sense to me, if I can understand it, I'm not going to follow it because I decide for myself what's good and what's evil. Now, verse 20, if you go to verse 20, it says, And Saul said to Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and have gone the way which the Lord sent me. And I brought Agag, the king of Amalek, of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took the spoil. They're the ones. They took the sheep and the oxen, the chief of the, of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken to God's word better than the fat of rams. Samuel taught a great lesson, a great lesson to Saul that we must learn today. That we would be wise to listen to this lesson. That obedience is better than sacrifice. That submitting our will to the will of God is the greatest thing we can do in our Christian walk. It's not easy. We have to humble ourselves. We have a lot of pride oftentimes, and we want to do what we want to do. But we have to submit ourselves. Obedience is better than sacrifice. To trust God in all of our ways and not to lean into our own understanding. To not decide for ourselves what is good and evil, but to submit fully to what God says, to fully to God's instruction, to actually trust that he knows better. Are we willing to sacrifice our wants and desires for the will of God? To say, not my will, but thy will be done. What is the lie that we all believe? Ultimately, is that we can create our own way to salvation. That we can serve God and serve ourselves. That we can be Christian, but we could also be in the world and not follow God. That we can spend no time with God and still say that we love Him. But praise God for Jesus Christ, because He can give us a new heart, a new mind, in order and, and, and to order our steps to encourage us 
to fully depend on Him. You see, once we get to the point when we realize, I've tried it my own way, and my old way isn't working, God, I need you to take over. He says gladly. He says, I've been waiting for you to say these words. And He can take over our lives. And He can give us that strength to follow Him. Not in our own power, not in our own might, but in God's might. In fact, it's once we are weak, once we are humble, that's when God is strong. That's when God can use us. In the next two podcasts, we're going to be talking about the power of God and how His power can transform our lives to make us new, to help us to follow Him and not to follow ourselves. Let's pray. Our Father is art in heaven. We thank you, Lord, for bringing us here together to study your word. Lord God, we know this lie that was told at the beginning of time, that we can be like God, that we can decide what's good and evil for our lives. It's a lie that we all struggle with until today. Lord, we want to follow our own ideas, our own thoughts, our own desires, instead of laying them down at your feet. Father, help us to trust you and to trust you fully. Allow us to put you first in our lives and not ourselves. Father, please be with everyone listening and all their families represented. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide them in everything that they do and bless them abundantly. I pray to you that you will keep us safe and allow us to come together again to worship you in spirit and truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, everyone. Take care.